This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples, UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to episode 118 of the Fight Disciples podcast. Hope you are well. Thank you so much for downloading. Um, all our previous episodes are on our website, fightdisciples.com, and we're also on all social medias, at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The reason why I'm giving you that information is because it's kicked off this week. It has started. And from Monday, myself and Nick are going to give you a six-part May Max special, which I'm sure you, well, hopefully you'll enjoy it. It's going to be uh, going through all the different nuances and all the different talking points that are causing many a stir in many pubs up and down the land as UFC fans and boxing fans debate. Who is the best? Is it Mayweather? Is it McGregor? How's this fight going to happen? With all the press conferences that have kicked off this week, obviously those conversations have stirred back up. So from Monday, we're going to do a six-part series going Going through all those different types of conversations which we're looking forward to getting stuck into so go to our website make sure you subscribe because for the next six mondays there's going to be a may uh, mayweather mcgregor special episode for you all right fightdisciples.com also available uh, on itunes and that's where we're going to start i suppose seeing as that uh, we're recording this just before the second of those press conferences in toronto um, so we've already seen the Los Angeles version of it, which was uh, nearly 24 hours ago now as we sit here in the studio. Mm-hmm. You'll probably listen to this on a Thursday, so you'll have more information on the Toronto press conference. You may even be listening to this later on in the week, so you've also seen New York. You may even have seen the London one, which is happening on Friday. But we don't have that privilege because we want to get this information to you right now. Now, I saw your Twitter feed last night, young man. We were divided, weren't we? I we saw were, your Twitter yeah, feed last man. night, and we were divided of how we saw this. And there's many different people that... I think, do you know, some, the more I have gone through social media and have a look at it, of people that interact with us on a regular basis, I would say that the majority of people are on your side. I think yep. the majority of people, and I go as far as to say maybe 70, 30, 80, 20, would say that Floyd comes away from yesterday's press conference, the first one in Los Angeles, um, with the with the brownie points. Yeah, I would say that, um, and, and purely because, you know, in my opinion, yes, Connor was caught off the hop. I don't think Connor appreciated it was going to be just like a like a presidential speech. You get up, you say something, and you sit down. And the fact they turned his mic off was stop Connor and his flow and everything else. And I think when we seen the media scrum afterwards, when he did, when he actually sat down with the media and he had that awesome little back and forth with Mayweather Senior, I think that was the real Connor. I think we're going to get more of that Connor for the rest of this week. I'm sure. But I just thought, in LA, I think he was caught on the hop a little bit. But not only that, I think Mayweather got up. And yes, a lot of it was scripted. But I just felt that Mayweather, it felt like Pretty Boy Floyd was back. It felt like the old Mayweather. He was getting the banter going. He was, you know, he's swearing. He was making statements. And to be honest, when he was like, yeah, you look good for a, for a seven-figure fighter. You look good for the eight-figure fighter, but motherfucker, I'm a nine-figure fighter. And even Connor was just sitting there going, I can't argue with that. And uh, I thought that was a belter of a line. Like so, uh, so yeah, I actually thought, I think it was more surprised because I thought he would be completely blown away by Connor. And I think he will be th- throughout the course of this, this week, without a doubt. But uh, it was good to see Mayweather come out swinging. Mm. Do you know something? I never thought of 
the previous Pretty Boy Floyd thing. I looked up Floyd last night and I did see a different animal. Normally I'm used to seeing him quite cool, quite calm, quite collect, talking money, talking this, talking that, and everything seems quite chilled. There's people that have gone for him in press conferences before and he's got a little bit ag. Of course it has, but he seems that he's quite a chilled type of dude. But last night, watching it, he seemed pumped, man. He seemed vexed. He seemed revved right up and maybe that's... I've judged that as, hang on a minute, he seems a little bit on edge here. That's how I've seen it. But maybe you are right. Maybe I should say, it, it, it is a stripped back version of him. He has gone right back to the roots of Pretty Boy Floyd because when he burst onto the scene, it wasn't Money Mayweather. He no. was Pretty Boy Floyd. He was a guy that was very aggressive in the way that he spoke. He was very brash. He was very in your face. And that's exactly what he was in that, uh, in that first press conference. I just think, right, and you touched upon it then, Connor was just thrown on stage. Now, all these boxing fans that were contacting me last night going, what are you talking about, you man? What are you talking about? He has just got absolutely torn a new one from Floyd. Well, hang on a minute, right? This is a Floyd Mayweather promotion. I know that Connor's name's on the the poster, but this is a Floyd Mayweather production. This is a a Showtime production. Stephen Espinosa's in cahoots with Al Heyman, and he's in cahoots with, obviously, your boy Floyd, all right? Mm -hmm. So they're getting everything that they want. As we found out last night, they're getting everything that they want. Connor was just chucked on stage. He's not used to that. Give the lad a little bit of information. You're going to do a speech. We're going to do a question and answer. We're going to do a back and forth. Whatever it may be, give him the information. Don't just chuck him on there and, 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 att- and hope that he's a little bit of a lamb to the slaughter. Now, he goes first in this conversation, doesn't he? Yeah. He goes first. I bet you need to make him go first all week as well. Of course they will, because they're not going to want him to go walk away That's with any kudos. That's the last word. Absolutely, yeah. because he's, he, let's be straight, man. He would absolutely ruin Floyd Mayweather in a normal UFC environment press conference. He'd absolutely tear him a new one, as you just said there, regarding the, uh, the media scrum backstage, because that conversation with Floyd Sr., is Connor at his very, very best. You could see Senior getting revved up, man. He was getting wound up, and and Connor was just batting him off like a little schoolboy. He was yeah. going, it's your fault, boy. It's your fault. You should have kept him in retirement. You should have yeah. kept him in retirement. His little head, his little body, his little core, he's, oh, he is fucked. <laughs> I loved it. For me, I just get his humour better than I get Floyd Mayweather's humour. And of course. I, and that's why I went down Conor McGregor, man. Fair play. Yeah. Absolutely fair play. For me... I, I just hope that they kind better. of... They, they they kind of change it as the week goes on as well. I, I, I want this, I want to see them go back and forth. I, I, it shocked me last night when they turned Conor's microphone off. Cheap like, trick. Why, why Cheap are you turning it off? Well, like, fucking hell, this is what people are buying into. Mm. It's like, you know, I think in the grand scheme of things... We're, we're tuning in to the event. We're buying the event. We want it. This is part of it, as far as I'm concerned. And I said this on uh, a few little radios that I did yesterday. Th- the first punch was thrown at, in Los Angeles on Tuesday. That This week, this is the first part of the fight. This is the first part of it. This, this is what we're paying for, all of this. And they're restricting that. Mayweather promotions are restricting the back and forth with Connor. They've just got to kind of go, you know what? We've got everything we want. It's in a boxing ring. We're wearing ten ounce gloves. We're doing. We picked the weight. We mm. picked everything. We picked everything that is going to be involved. We walk out for everything. We've had literally carte blanche on to do whatever we want. So let's give him something. I.e., just fucking leave his mic switched on mm. because this is how we're going to sell it. This is how people. Are, I, I've been saying from the get go. Yes, 
Floyd, Floyd is a massive favourite, of course he is, because it's in a boxing ring. But by the end of the press week, by the end of this week, yeah. fucking McGregor will convince the world he's going to knock him out. Mate, and he's already done it to me. He's that will get a it. lot of people to buy. A Mate. lot of people will buy because of that. But they're turning his mic off. Yeah, Don't yeah, fucking yeah. cut him down. Let him tell the world. Sell, t- sell tickets. Sell the pay-per-view. Mm, absolutely. I could not agree more. Because there was a moment in there where the microphone was on and he was flying and he was pinging it around and he's like going, you haven't knocked anybody out for 20 years, man. And the crowd yeah. are buzzing. And yeah. then he's like going, dance, boy. Dance for me. Dance for me. And all this type of stuff. And I'm thinking, this is great. And it was at that moment there. It was at that moment where they switched his microphone off. So and then and then Floyd starts talking shit about going. Yeah. You know we can do it in a we do it in an octagon if you want. We can wear four ounce gloves. What a lot of nonsense! And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? He would get murdered categorically. That is nonsense. Mm. You know. And then apparently afterwards as well, maybe they were saying we'll do the rematch in the octagon. I was like, what the fuck is he fucking kidding me? Mm. Is he is he kidding? No chance. No, absolutely no chance. What did you make of the suit, by the way, and the pinstripes? Sensational. Outrageous. Sensational. Outrageous. You know, we've seen some belter suits this year, haven't we? But uh, but that was that took the biscuit. You know, imagine how many of them they would sell if that material became available and then they actually started banging them out. You know, they would li- they literally couldn't make them suits quick enough in Ireland if they started cheering them out. Brilliant. I'm lo- to be honest, I'm looking forward to some do- some dodgy Dublin knockoff version. Which is probably spelled feck, feck you, yeah, feck you, feck off. <laughs> but uh, I'm telling you now, someone's doing it. Someone, I'm telling you now, someone is printing up a, a dodgy version of it because what a statement that was. And even the way it came out, you know, it's ultra fitted, isn't it? It's too fitted, you know, it yeah. literally couldn't breathe in it. But the way he came out, and then they started playing Floyd's music, and they just left him on stage on his own. He's on stage on his own. Yeah, they're trying to mug him off. Floyd comes in with a fucking massive entourage. He's got all six of his, you know, baby mamas with him. He's got his kids everywhere. He's got all these bodyguards around him. He's literally got an entourage. And Connor literally walked on the stage on his jack. They left him on there. So what's he start doing? Start dancing around the stage to Floyd's music. <laughs> I was like, yeah, listen, I, the boy ain't getting rocked. He ain't getting rocked. And you know what I, what, what I liked about the speech as well? Obviously, he threw Connor under the bus a little bit, but I think he, he, he came across great because he does. It, mm. This is natural to him, obviously. But then when he started talking about his son and being a new father, that gave us a little insight and stuff. And I thought, you know what? If anyone is out there going, oh, this is a fucking mismatch. What are we watching this fight for? Listen, Buy into the fucking narrative. This lad was collecting a doll check four years ago. Mm. Now he's in the biggest fight in sports history. The, the biggest individual moment in sports. He's at the centre of it. He's a good lad. He's got it from a good family. He's with the same girl he's been with since he was a teenager. They've just had a baby. He doesn't go around fucking smacking women or no shit like that or avoid avoiding prison terms because he's worth too much. Of the All that bullshit that goes with Floyd Mayweather. Listen, I love Floyd. As a boxer, incredible. As a person, he's a complete dickhead. Mm. Connor is a diamond, absolutely lovely fella. You know, I, I've had the pleasure to interview him, and he's a dead nice lad. Get behind him. So what? Yes, it's a mismatch, but who fucking cares? Because he might just catch him. No, oh, he he's, got you. Him. he's got you. He's got you. What's the crack with Floyd Mayweather's hat, by the way? I did read something about that. Yeah, the fifty-eight thing or whatever. Or the forty-eight. 48th. Yeah, can he yeah. not count? I thought it was forty-nine. <laughs> so basically, he wore number forty-eight cap. Because he was referencing the fact that he made three hundred million in fight number forty-eight, which was the Manny Pacquiao fight, and what he's trying to say is, I'm advertising the fact that yes, forty-eight was my biggest moment, but fifty is going to be even bigger than forty-eight. 
Well, let's talk about 49, mate. What did you do for 49? Exactly, yeah. Shall we talk about Andre Berto and not even breaking <laughs> half a million downloads, shall we? It's just fucking bonkers. I say downloads, pay-per-views. Yeah. Pay-per-views, yeah. It's, yeah. it's Floyd's world, isn't it? You know? Text two to tango, Floyd. You know what I mean? People people went to the fight and 4.6 million people bought the pay-per-views because they wanted to see you get knocked out against Manny Pacquiao. That's what it was. You stank the gaff out, you danced around the ring and didn't really perform. It was a horrible thing to watch. And then, therefore, your 49 fight against Andre Berto didn't even do 500,000. Didn't even do 500,000. Which is why you're fighting the UFC and fighter now to pay your taxes because... That's why you're paying the number one pay-per-view star. That's why The he's number here. one pay-per-view star on the planet is willing to share the ring with you. That's there, why. There you go. Uh, and I've no doubt there'll be more on this um, in our May Max series, which gets underway on Monday. We are going to be talking about um, the financial side of stuff, whether it's all right to like it, whether it's not all right to like it, where the animosity comes from, from boxing fans or from UFC fans. We're also going to be talking about the chances of Conor McGregor actually pulling it off. Is it just a puncher's chance? Or do you give him a little bit more than that? I mean, the more that these press conferences go on, I think he's going to fucking take on the world, mate. That's what I'm going to do. I'm pumped. I'm in. I'm already there. I'm putting my money on. Get on the little Irishman. The little head, the little car, the little, the little <laughs> legs. He's just too small, senior. Senior, senior, get out of here. Get you to do fucking nothing. He's in a fucking tracksuit. He can't even afford a suit anymore. The roses are 2012 outside. He is fucked. There's no other way about it. His little legs, his little core, his little head. I'm going to knock him out inside four rounds. Mark my words. I believe him. I'm in. I believe him. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Now, away from press conferences and back to the Octagon because this is our UFC show. That's why we've thrown the old uh, Mayweather-McGregor stuff uh, in this show. But we are concentrating um, on everything that happens within the Octagon. And at the weekend, obviously, there was two nights for us to enjoy, Friday night and Saturday night, early hours of Saturday morning, early hours of Sunday morning, because it was International Fight Week. We had the tough finale, and we had UFC 213. I'm, I'm going to say it now, mate, right? You might. I know you're a purist, and I know that you have a love for various aspects of mixed martial arts, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm mm-hmm. going to go out there and say that the two nights, as a whole, as a whole, left me really disappointed. Yeah, but the t- yeah, I agree. There was some, there was some pretty bad sleepers, wasn't oh, it? Man. Friday night was fucking tough to get to those final few Jeez. fights, wasn't it? Jeez. It was just like, but the, not not just because they were points decisions, but they were just one-sided points decisions. Horrible. Right? It was just like, oh my god. That, that's the thing. We can't get blow, on with it. People who listen to our show, we can't blow smoke up your ass, right? We're not going to do that. We're not going to lie. We're not those type of people to go. Oh, wasn't it amazing? Wasn't it? Not listen. We're just fans. We're yeah. fans that are lucky enough to work in the industry. That's all we are, yeah? Yep. But we tell you how it is. If we think that it was shit, we'll tell you that it was shit. For example, our boy, Mark Giacchisi, yeah? <sighs> he just didn't turn up. No, he didn't. And we we, we waxed lyrical about it last week. said, listen, this guy's going to set you on fire. He's going to be in there. He's going to be amazing. And there were a little bit. There were a couple of spinning back kicks that you thought, go on, son, go on, do a bit, yeah. do a bit. I think, well, I don't know what I think, really, because it just didn't. he didn't catch fire and he just got a little bit... He got like mauled out of it. Like the occasion got to him. Yeah. And that closer, I think closer got inside his head as well, I think. Mm. He let him get inside his head. So, uh, but mass, you know, for me, that's a big setback for Mark Casey as well because we've been getting so excited about him, but we're not alone. The whole world's been getting excited yeah. about this kid. You know, we've been expecting 
big things, especially since he uh, he moved over to Florida as well. Obviously, we're hearing amazing things out of ATT that he's going to be this and he's going to be that, and we're going to round his game. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, he's took a big step backwards there, losing to closer. So it's uh, massively disappointing, to be honest. You're know, watching that fight live. I, I literally, I felt quite frustrated. Yeah. About the fact that we know how much talent he's got. He's amazing. But he just didn't seem to, uh, he just wasn't on point. Listen, bad day at the office, let's put it down to that. But poof, he needs to get back in there and get back in there quick mm. to put that one behind him. No, absolutely. Jesse Taylor obviously wins the tough final against uh, uh, Diego Lima, which mm. I didn't expect. I thought Diego would be able nope. to do a job on him. Fair, he was class. Yeah, fair play, man. I yeah, mean, man, the finish was sick. That was a brilliant submission. No, absolutely. And I know I normally hate on wrestlers and stuff like that, but he was absolutely sensational. Fair play, Jesse. And kind of the whole story about Jesse Taylor was beautiful. The whole redemption yeah. thing, it kind of sat quite nice, the narrative it, of it. It was perfect, yeah. The mm. fact the show was called Redemption yeah. couldn't have been any more fitting for someone you know, that uh, that basically should have got a, yeah, a great it. run in the UFC mm. the first time around, but he got through out for being a dickhead. young and stupid. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was it, redemption fit perfectly on his shoulders. I, again, no, let's, you know, not to hark on about it, but you know, what, what's he going to do in the welterweight division? Well, he's not. He's not going to do he's anything. He's going to do anything in the UFC and if that show, division, is he? if that show finishes there on Friday night, if that show finishes there, uh, the tough finale, you think to yourself, I've just wasted a few hours of my life there watching that. that yeah. You know what I mean? I could have quite easily caught up in five minutes on social media the morning after. Yeah. However, however, right? <laughs> everyone's new favourite fucking fighter. Thank what God. did I tell you? Thank God. What did I tell everyone? What Man. have I been saying for the last year? Do you know something? And we went crazy on it last week. Went crazy on it, saying, "Listen, do not miss this fight. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Yep. It's going we to be." We nailed our flag to the mast, didn't we? We weren't shitting about. We said this fight could be fight of the year. We said don't miss it. We said this is not Phil Davis versus Ryan Bader. We we literally put ourselves out there, but fuck me, did they deliver? Well, I'm glad that they did, mate. Because at the point when they were making octagon walks, I thought. Oh. We've just had terrible, terrible fights. Jaquizzi's yeah, not yeah. done his thing, and I'm thinking, yeah. oh, I'm just bored. It's been terrible. Shall I stay for it? Go on, I'll give it. I'll give it some. I'll give it. I'll give it first couple of minutes and see where it's at. And then all of a sudden, I was on edge of my seat, and I didn't move. Absolutely didn't move. I, was, I stayed on the edge of my seat even after the first round when they were taking a breather for a minute. I was thinking, this is absolutely unbelievable. I know Anderson Silver had a wonderful UFC debut. I know he did, and he set the place on fire, right? But that yeah. for me is the best UFC debut I've ever seen live. It was unreal. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you know, and um, Chris Lieben's a very limited opponent. I know at the time then he was he was popular. He's always a cult hero in the UFC. But when Anderson come in and just destroyed him, it was all about levels. You know, this is Michael Johnson. This is number five in the world in the lightweight division. This is Justin Gaethje. He's, okay, he's been a champion in a in a in another promotion, but that other promotion. You know, it is very much like a two two or three leagues below the UFC. So we just did not know whether he was going to one be able to compete at this level, but two, be as exciting as he was in World oh. Series of Fighting in the UFC. But fucking hell, the guy's <laughs> exciting. Because he just, t- he, he just like, I was talking to you, wasn't I? And we, we were chatting about it and I said, he reminds me of the Terminator. Because he gets hit, <laughs> he gets shot. You know, what was the Terminator with it? And his body was like the liquid metal one. Like T2 or whatever. Yeah, yeah, t- Terminator 2, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. And he gets shot with a shotgun and he and he staggers back with a big hole in his chest and then the, the metal just seals back together and he just dum, starts dum, walking dum, forward dum, again. Dum, yeah, exactly. Dum, starts dum, running at dum, you with those dum, like pickaxe arms. Dum, dum. Me, me. 
That's what Justin Gaethje's like. That right hand that Michael Johnson hits him with in the centre of the octagon. Yeah. And he wet, he, he falls like a t- sack of potatoes. And then just as his bum's about to... It's like he's doing a deep squat. It's like he's dropping like it's hot. Whoop! Just as his ass is about to hit the floor. He just popped back up. Zing! And he's looking at Michael... And then walks towards Michael Johnson. Oh, it was just... It was brilliant. It was the best bit of matchmaking we've seen this year mm. to get Ga- Gaethje in with Johnson because Johnson loves that type of a fight anyway. It was, uh, you know, literally, I, that's 100% a fight of the year contender. And now everyone's a massive just Jason Gaethje, uh, Justin Gaethje fan. No, absolutely awesome, mate. What next for him? Who's next? Well, they're talking about Eddie Alvarez, aren't they? They're saying Eddie Alvarez has got to happen. So. He's a nutter as well. Get them both in. Swinging exactly. at each other. That'd be amazing. Well, Eddie Alvarez is Hall of Fame, man. You know, he, he's a class act. And uh, he only knows one way to fight as well. He, he will look forward to a tear up like that against Justin Gaethje. But, you know, it's the guy's come in. He's made a statement. He's obviously now he's got to be at least the number five in the world in the lightweight division I think he's actually I think that means he's above mm. Eddie Alvarez actually so mm. um, I think a fight with Eddie would be sensational and then next year you know we're, we're talking about he's in the mix obviously we don't know what, what Connor's going to do yet but I personally don't think Connor's coming back so he's in the mix with Tony Ferguson he's in the mix with you know what I want to see if the Eddie Alvarez comes off great but you know what I'd love to see Nate Diaz I'd like Nate to... Diaz against Gaethje yeah, be next cool. year would be fucking awesome. The, just the build-up would be amazing in itself, oh, mate. It's crazy. Mm. Crazy. Uh, um, did that fight then set our expectations for the night after a little bit too high? Um, potentially. Potentially, but then obviously we, wo- we all woke up the next day to the news that the main event the following night was off. Well... Kind of off, yeah. We say the main event. It wasn't really the main event. Well, it was billed as the main event. It was it, on the, it was on the being card sold, it was. Yeah. Of course, yeah. It was being sold as Nunes versus Shevchenko was the main event of UFC 213. But obviously, as we were saying last week on the show, and most fans were feeling the same way, the big fight on there was the co-main, Robert Whittaker against Yoel Romero. That was the fight we really wanted to see. That was the fight that brought together two of the very best middleweights on the planet mm. and two of the most informed fighters in the entire UFC. Yeah, great streaks. You know, it was, it, it was always going to be... Uh, a standout fight but did we expect it to be that good I don't think we did it was amazing did you enjoy it I thought it was class did I you I thought it was brilliant I thought it was like watching a game of chess at times oh no I loved it I loved every second of it I know Romero obviously uh, got tired and punched himself out but then Robert, you know, Bobby Knuckles got tired as well down the stretch so I thought it was class to go into the fifth and final round with two each it was clearly two each Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was amazing for me you know, if, if Gaethje versus Johnson was a fight of the year contender I thought Robert Whittaker against Romero for Bobby Knuckles, that was a performance of the year contender. I thought he was outstanding. He didn't get downhearted when Romero was no, obviously well he did. using he all did that strong wrestling that he would do. for two rounds. We said that he did what he would do. He, he, as soon as he got him into deep waters, midway through the third, he just took over. Well, the, the, to be fair, mate, I watched it. And because of the night before, Justin Gaethje's performance, I was pumped. I was thinking, this. well, it's got to be as good because that's a kid's debut in the UFC. So I'm watching it and obviously Yoel does comfortably take the first two rounds, right? And I'm listening to the commentary and the commentary is brilliant and I'm, list- I'm watching the fight. And because you, I, I just, it, for me, it was like a constant game of chess where people were strategically doing things in order to win the round. And that's cool, but as a spectacle, it just didn't, light me up until the end of round four at mm-hmm. the end of round four bobby catches him right on the on the on the chops there's only about 30 seconds of the round to go 
And I thought, hey, up, oh, we could be on here. Yeah. And then it didn't necessarily catch fire. And then round five, I thought Yo caught his second wind. I thought he caught a second wind, as did Bobby. And the only thing that kind of determined who would win that round was the last 30 seconds again when Bobby Knuckles managed to, yeah, took him down and got on top, you know. So I thought, that's, for me, that doesn't light me up. I like I like oh, no, dudes I, getting knocked out. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Listen, the, the night the night before we were spoiled, as I say, with a fight a year contender. But for me, this was a, a brilliant fight. I thought Robert Whitaker's takedown defense was absolutely sensational. I'll give you that. It was absolutely unreal. Sensational. It was unreal to fend off your Romero for the first three rounds the way he did, and to keep bouncing back to his feet. Um, you know, even when Romero did get him down, you know, he didn't do anything. He didn't Bear in mind, he had a bus knee. He had a bus knee as well. Exactly, yeah. That, that knee went very early in the first round mm. as well. So uh, I thought it was a phenomenal performance. You know, we keep saying this with, with Robert Whitaker, but another breakthrough performance. And if anyone deserves a shot at the belt now, categorically, there's no debate in it. It has got to be Robert Whitaker against Michael Bispin. So I'm glad that they had Mike there. I'm glad Mike got in the octagon afterwards because, listen, I ain't, I know GSP came out this week, didn't he, and sent out a message to both Bispin and, and Dana White saying, oh, make the fight, make the fight, and I'm ready in November. Listen, George, you've had your chance. Do one, son. Bobby Knuckles is the man now. Bobby Knuckles versus Bispin at the end of the year. I can't wait for it. Well, you've just mentioned Bisping, right? Just for those that haven't heard it, listen to this. You will now face Michael Bisping for the undisputed middleweight title. Give us your thoughts on that. Um, listen, we were, we were destined to fight, mate. I think it's fate. We were destined to fight, mate. I think it's fate. It really is. Um, I'm happy to keep your seat warm until you better. Give me a breather and we'll give it a good crack, yeah? First of all, Robert, that was an awesome fight. Romero, well done. I wanted to come here and talk a lot of but it was an awesome fight. But the fact that you're standing there with that belt on, like you're a champion, makes me sick. You should be ashamed of yourself. Here, take that, take that, fight me for it. I'll see you soon. What? Why? Why did he throw his belt at him and I say, no take idea. that? Did David he? had to pick the belt up. He threw it on the floor. He went, uh, we'll see you soon, you know, we'll get it on, or whatever he called him, dickhead, or whatever he did. Motherfucker, I think Motherfucker, him, yeah, yeah, that's right. And uh, he took, he walked away, and, and Bobby Knuckles went to Joe Rogan, can I keep that? And, and pointed at Bisbane's yeah. belt, and then Dana comes Scotland in and, and picks the belt up and, and runs away with it as well. I was like, man, you should have just let him keep it. Bobby was quite happy to keep it, but a it's funny, a Bisbane, the first like thing Bisbane is... said was, I was going to talk trash. And then he talked trash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, you've just said you ain't going to talk trash. It's, 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 a, it's a guy that has been sat octagon side that is overthinking what he's going to do at the end. 100%. He just sat there overthinking it. I'm going to do this. If he wins it, I'm going to go with this. And I think he may have convinced himself that he was going to go for Yol. I think he wanted yeah. Yol. Yeah. And then, obviously, Bobby gets the decision, and then a few moments later, he's in the octagon giving that speech, and you think to yourself, what are you doing, Mike? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was <laughs> completely and utterly out of context. But I think he was just like... I've rehearsed what I'm going to say, so I'm just going to say it. But Bobby Knuckles was just like, you know, mate, we we almost had it done before. Let me get hit, let me get healthy, and we'll get it on, yeah. Mm. Like the nice fella, and he's mm. like, "Yo, motherfucker, call that a real belt." I'm like, oh my god, this is mental. Mm. Crazy um, Mike. One thing that I do take away from two on three, even though the whole thing, the the two nights, kind of left me a little bit disappointed. Justin Gaethje, fantastic. Yep. Um, Okay, I'll give you Bobby Knuckles as a fantastic performance. Yeah. Um, if we're gonna go, if things come in threes, so part three is how hard is your Hannah Jadrajek? She didn't even fight, right? And I she's the, I knew you'd want to bring this. And up. she's the star of the show. She didn't even fight, and she's the star of the show, right? 
So Nunez complains that she's got a blocked nose. She doesn't fancy it against Shevchenko. She's thinking, oh, I'm not feeling 100%. I don't want to risk losing my belt. It's an absolute farce because the doctor passed her. She um, obviously then said that she wasn't fighting. So the main event's off. Fair enough. I'll give you a little bit of credit, Amanda, because the day after is when you've gone for another test and they've confirmed, yes, okay, you've got this thing with your sinuses. Fair enough. However, on eight hours' notice, eight hours' notice, the night before, she's in the she's octagon side at the tough final, right? Eating cake and drinking coffee. Side of the octagon. She's on camera doing this. Eight hours to go to the main event at UFC 213. She hears the information that Nunez is, Nunez is out. What does Johanna Jadrajek do? She gets on the phone to Dana. Dana, let's make this happen. I will fight Shechenko for a new title. Get me in there. Then she fucks off to the to the backstage of uh, the T-Mobile Arena where, the, where this was all going on. And what does she do? She starts warming up. She hasn't had any uh, confirmation or anything like that. She starts genuinely warming up, hitting the pads, getting all done. Now, bear in mind, she's not fighting a kid in her weight category. No. <laughs> Love her, don't you, mate? Come on, <laughs> she is class, and that's why Dana absolutely adores her as well. You know, it's that kind of kind of Conor McGregor. I've gums with tra- listen, it's like I'm here, so why not? I'll fucking do it. I'll fight her. And uh, the crazy thing is, I think if the if the board obviously they could never have signed it off the, the Nevada State Commission, the pussies, she did nail it. Get her as in dodgy there. as they are, they would never have signed that off, but uh, but yeah, the um. If they would have, I genuinely think she'd have took the fight. I think it wasn't bullshit. It was she wasn't blowing smoke up no one's eyes. She was going to fight Shevchenko. Mate, she was she'd have it. done it. I've seen the interviews that she's done with loads of people after, like Megan O'Leary and people like that. She sat there going, "Yes, I found Dana. I said I won fights, uh, but uh, Nevada would not pass me eight hours to go to do medical. Little bit too too tight, but I was ready. I was thinking, uh, <laughs> Joanna." Fuck me, mate. Whatever yeah. happens now, you have just gone right up in the estimations. Not only of us as fans, but Dana. Dana's going to do anything for you now, mate. Absolutely anything. You were prepared to put your ass on the line to save the card. Fair play, kid. I thought you'd be harsh on Amanda Nunes, to be honest. Fuck that. you got a block nose. Get on with it. What's up with your woman? <laughs> you do realise that she doesn't get paid now. She wouldn't have got any money. So, rightfully so. So Exactly. So she's not going to pull out of a fight because of a block, just because of a block nose. She obviously, Listen. She's the champ. She obviously feels like she wasn't in a position to be, to be, to be, to you know, to defend their title in a in a fight on live on pay per view. That's a big decision, like to decide. No, I'm not fighting. Literally within 24 hours, when you're headlining a pay per view in the middle of Las Vegas at the top of International Fight Week, your face is all over the place. To make that decision, and not only that decision, but the decision that all the last 10, 12 weeks you're not going to get paid a penny for. Hmm. I don't know, man. I think that's a big shout. Well, like, hang on, I think right. This is not a new her, illness. To call her a coward is a bit strong. The, I've never said it. When did that word come out of my mouth? Don't yeah, you dare. You, you're insinuating the fact that she shit herself. But listen, this is a no, girl that's been happened. fighting I'll, an entire career, I'll man. tell you what's happened, right? This is not a new illness. This illness has been around in her world for ages. She's been on, she's on, been on camera talking about it over the last three, four years, right? So she's fought with hit before. The difference is now is that she's got a belt. That's what it is. And as yeah. everybody says, in the UFC, you don't really get paid up until you're champion, until you start defending that belt that's when you get paid and that's where this decision has come in mate yeah previously she's cracked on with it she's cracked on and fought with it previously this time she's thinking Ooh, oh if i if i if if i lose this belt because the girl i'm fighting against is a bit of a killer if if, if, if i don't get the decision then that, that you know i go to the back of the queue and oh, you know yeah, well that's exactly it you know a pay grade drops but right that's not the attitude again. that the fans want the fans want no, to get in isn't. there man what's up with you it isn't but listen i i I kind of I, I don't appre- I don't understand it. I don't obviously I don't want to get my head around it. As a fan, that's not what I want to hear. But you know, but there's a lot of people out there who are saying 
she she shit herself and she 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 was scared of Shevchenko. That's bullshit, man. She ain't scared of shit. She's fighting a cage for Christ's sake. She lived on the floor of the gym to make ends meet, and she's she's literally come through. She's protecting her own interest. Then, all right, let's but go. With now that. she's yeah. Now she's got a lovely house and battle town, and she, you know, her life is on track. So why? I, I get the fact that she's like, you know what? I don't want to risk this if I'm not a hundred percent. Risk what I've earned and what I've got. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes Store. Uh, now, Nick. This week, we'll be going off to uh, UFC Glasgow. You'll probably see his little cheesy mush. I don't know, sat next to Are you going to be sat next to Dan? Are you going to be sat next to Dan? I won't be sitting next to Dan, no. No. Why? I'll be, uh, I'll be grafting. Well, Dan will be sitting next to John, obviously. They're the commentary team. Oh, has he got someone else to knock about, we? <laughs> <laughs> You're uh, cruising for it. I am, Listen, uh, Dan Hardy, if you are listening to the show today, mate. Just... Oh, after what he did for us this week as well. Shush for a minute. I'm going to say thank you. All right, that's what I'm going to do. Calm your, chill your boots just because it's your boyfriend, all right? <laughs> Dan Hardy, thank you so much. For those that have uh, messaged me and tweeted me saying, Dan Hardy's wearing one of those uh, uh, Filipino T-shirts. Yes, he is wearing one of those Filipino T-shirts that Manny Pacquiao's people uh, made for Nick, uh, the official logo tee. Now, as worn by Dan Hardy, man, if you want a piece of that pie, get yourself on our website, fightdisciples.com. Sensational, Dan. Thank you so much. He posted a video on his Instagram page. I think he's uh, demoing some type of new ball or something, um, and he's wearing the T-shirt. Awesome, mate. I'm now going to stop, obviously, uh, insinuating that you two are getting it on. And you, you know what's happening Friday, don't you, in London? Yeah. Friday, I'll give a little bit of an exclusive here as well. But it's Mayweather McGregor Part 4. Obviously. Yeah. Connor's wearing a pinstripe suit. Yeah, what's it saying, it? It only says fight the no. <laughs> Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Anyway, before <laughs> before we talk UFC Glasgow, which is happening this weekend, Nick's going to be there, obviously doing his thing for Fight Disciples. I just want to talk about Gegard Masasi, mate. Yeah, man. Wow, where did that come from, mate? You know, you know like, that he's one of my favorite safe. middleweights. You know no. that I love the dude. I've seen exactly. him live a few times, and I absolutely can't get enough of him. For a geezer to be in the top five middleweights in the UFC. For them not to see any value in him when they put him as the headline act of 11 out of 12 cards that he's been on in the UFC is an absolute joke. However, it does send a message to every other motherfucker in the UFC to go, listen, you know what I mean? Unless you're Connor, tough shit. It's crazy, isn't it? And uh, the problem problem is we've been waiting for Musashi to actually come out of his shell properly in the UFC. And he has over the last year. And he's massively come out of his shell. You know, he's literally become a real a real character. And not only that, he's stringing together some fucking absolutely awesome performances. He's genuinely top three middleweight on the planet, like one of the leading contenders. And the way I look at it at the moment, it's kind of like Bispin at the top, Bobby Knuckles number one contender, and I'd probably put Musashi at two, maybe three. You know, he's right up there, so... It's not like when Rory McDonald, you know, was was beaten up by Robbie Lawler and 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 then took a year to come back and then was beaten again by Stephen Thompson and it looked like he's kind of spoiled goods and then left. It's not like Ryan Bader and Phil Davis defecting both guys who tried but couldn't get close to a UFC title shot. You know, it's not like Chael or Vandalay who, who are finished now and need to go somewhere where they can keep injecting themselves. It's not like that. This is a guy that is actually right in the mix, one of the best middleweights on the planet, who's now going to go over to Bellator and fight who? Can you name three 
Bellator middleweights? No. Like, who the fuck is he going to fight? Mm. He'll probably fight Cavalcanti, I think it is, for the belt straight away, pretty Mate, He much. should do. He should go straight in as a title contender straight away. The, the, only, the only interesting shout I hear is, like, you go in straight, win the middleweight title, defend against who? You've got no other middleweights worthy to defend against. The only good shout I'd heard is that he could potentially go back to light heavyweight in Bellator and face the likes of Rampage or, you know, join that light heavyweight mix, mm. actually, which we've just been talking about them, Bader and Davis and things like that. So he, he brings a bit of excitement in that regard. But I just, you know, I'd like to be I'd like to be in the conversation at the UFC when they went, you know what, we've gone back. Because I heard the Gegard basically went back to the UFC because they, they've got first refusal. You have to run a certain amount of, yet yet I think it's 90 days after your last fight on your contract or something like that. And then you're allowed to speak to other people. So the UFC have obviously made him an offer. And he's gone, you know what? I'm just going to run me 90 days out and see what's out there. And then he spoke to Bellator. And Bellator have gone, right, we're going to offer you this. So then he's then legally got to go back to the UFC again and gone, you know what? Bellator have offered me a deal. This is what it is. And they have the right to match it and stuff. You know you know what it's like. These these UFC contracts, they, they don't have to tie you down. So he's gone back. And apparently the UFC come back to him and went, right, okay, we'll do a similar number. Not only that, we'll give you Luke Rockhold at UFC 215. It'll be, you know, pretty much a, a shootout, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, Musashi's team, this is Musashi's manager revealed this, actually. And uh, they said, no, no, we, we looked at it and we thought, you know what? It's just time for a change. Let's let's go to Bellator and let's see what let's see what's over there. So, again, it's, it's a massive, to be honest, I think it's a massive loss to the 185-pound division in the UFC because now we've, the champion in the UFC, okay, Bispin's there now and Bobby Knuckles and whatever else. But moving forward, if Musashi stays as a middleweight in Bellator, it'll always be, oh, this guy's in the USA. Yeah, yeah, well, he's the best in the world. Tiny asterisks because, you know, obviously Musashi's over there and he's still kicking ass even though he's in Bellator. Potentially, he's probably the best in the world. So he's, he's definitely the most highly ranked world level fighter that Bellator have now got, if that makes any sense. Mm. It just makes no... I just don't get it, though, because he's just come out of his shell. He's just getting interesting. Finally, Musashi. Musashi, that's been around forever and fought in fucking strike force and pride and all over Japan. And uh, He's finally arrived in the UFC. We finally got him. He's come out of his shell. He's talking shit. He's, he's performing like a beast. Oh, yeah, we'll let him go. I just don't get it. I don't get it. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Uh, now, this weekend, it is UFC Glasgow. Nick will be up there doing his thing, sticking his microphone in various people's faces. That's not a euphemism. Don't get too carried away. But he will be, obviously, having a chat with people post-fight. Uh, so make sure you keep on Fight Disciples next week for a little bit of that. And uh, on our website, fightdisciples.com, for more information. All social medias as well, at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Looking at the card, my man, we're going to be speaking to one of our boys who's top of the prelims, Danny Roberts. He's on the show in a minute. Um, what else are you picking out? Where are you seeing a potential fight of the night? Um, I'm loving the fight. Let's have a look down the card early on. Um, I Obviously, Neil Seary, as you know, went over to went over to Ireland and interviewed Neil ahead of his, what was supposed to be his last fight. This is third time lucky. Now he's going to have his last fight <clears throat> against Pantoja. Um, it, uh, it, you know, it's a swan song. He's never been in a battle fight in the entire throughout his entire UFC career, which to a lot of people came as a surprise, myself included, because he's such a veteran of the British and Irish uh, mixed martial arts scene. 
But he's one of those guys that took his opportunity when it came knocking, and he's been phenomenal ever since. So, listen, expect nothing but absolute fireworks from Neil Seary. That will be a three-round war, regardless of which way it goes. I just hope he gets that moment to take his gloves off and put him down in the centre of the octagon. Other than that, obviously, Danny, super excited to see Danny back. Um, He'll tell us more uh, in a few minutes, I'm sure. But then on the main card... I really like uh, I really like uh, Brett Johns. Sorry, on the prelim cards. Let's go back to Brett Johns, the Welsh kid. Really like that lad as well. I think him and his corner team have got massive potential. Um, they, they, he's looked phenomenal so far in the UFC uh, in that one fight he's had. But he looked great, and uh, I've really got high hopes for him. He's undefeated, thirteen and zero. So yeah, there we go. And then on to obviously the main card. I like the main card. I think this is a really good card. I'm not just saying that. This is actually a really good card in Glasgow on Sunday. Sell it to me, man. Come on, pretend that I know nothing about this stuff. Sell it to me. Obviously, I'm going to go towards Paul Craig because I absolutely love the geezer, but what about everything yep. else? Stevie Ray's on there. You've got Gunny Nelson. Tell me about these guys. Come on, who, who are you picking? One fight out of there, which one's going to be fight of the night? Oof, the fight of the night will be Stevie Ray versus Paul Felder, categorically. Absolutely. No other way to look at it. That will be fight of the night. The biggest, uh, oh shit, mic drop, the room's gone quiet. Um, you can hear the pin drop moments will be when Cynthia Calvalio uh, chokes out Joanne Calderwood. Oof. And the the apple on the the, the, the the big finish, of course, will be when uh, when Gunnar Nelson gets a submission on Ponzambino at the top of the card. Uh, Santiago at the top of the card, hell of a striker, really game, incredible run in the UFC, uh, a welterweight division, looks phenomenal. This is a massive opportunity for him. He's not ranked in the top 10. Gunny obviously is ranked in the top 10. But Gunny nearly really needs to make a statement now. I think he's he's had a couple of fights now where he's been able to rebuild after the loss against Damian Maia. He needs to come back. He needs to put on a big performance. Um, and I think this is to face a striker like this, someone that's very strike-heavy and doesn't really do much jiu-jitsu, I think that's kind of tailor-made for Gunnar Nelson. So I'm expecting two submissions to finish off the card. One for us, if you like, one for the home fans in Gunny, one against the Scottish fans. I think Johan's onto on a bit of a hiding. But by then, we'll all be d- dancing in the aisles anyway because Stevie Ray versus Paul Felder is going to be an absolute tear-up. Similar narrative uh, for Paul Craig than what we've got with uh, Danny Roberts coming off the back of losses after being on uh, sensational tears for the boy. But he's at home, yeah, uh, and I've no doubt the crowd will be absolutely crazy for the bird you. They'll be going mental for him because he's an absolute superstar, both inside the octagon and outside of it. You know, we've had him on this show. He's a, he's a brilliant lad. He's really funny, really animated. Got a sensational backstory. Obviously, works as a teacher during the day. Um, Khalil Roundtree is no walkover. You know, Khalil Roundtree. Give you a bit of background on him. This guy, um, I think it was about six or seven years ago, was working as a roadie for bands traveling around America. He was over three hundred pounds. He chain smoked. He drunk every night. But the bands he was travelling with, every Saturday after they do a live gig, they would go and find a bar and they would watch a UFC. That was kind of like in their routine. And apparently one night he turned around to whatever band he was with and said, you know what, this is going to be my last tour because I'm going to move to Las Vegas. I'm going to become a mixed martial artist and one day I'm going to fight in the UFC. Obviously they all go, come on Khalil, you fat fuck. <laughs> That's a load of shite. It's never going to happen. Blah, blah, blah. I'm not even going to try and do an accent. Um, but listen, he proved them all wrong. He moved to Vegas. He committed himself. He got in the UFC. So somebody's that single-minded and has got that approach, you've got to respect that kind of attitude. But I think Paul Craig, back on home turf, as you say, lost for the first time out last time when he was in uh, when he was in Vegas after a sensational performance in Sacramento on his UFC debut. I'm expecting a massive performance from Paul Craig, potentially performance of the night, uh, which will lead us straight in. Then obviously, as I say, Stevie Ray versus Paul Felder. 
that's the moment when you don't go and make a cup of tea or go for a piss. That is the moment when you just sit down and go, okay, this is going to be fun. Let's talk to the man who's top of the prelims. Danny Boy! Hello. Is that uh, Danny Roberts? <laughs> yes, it is. Talking to, talking it's to hot that. chocolate, baby. Hang Back on, in town. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. What's going on? Hang right? on a minute. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Listen, if we're doing this properly, let's do it properly. Yeah. Man. Oh, I knew that was coming. Was... <laughs> Here it comes, baby. Here it comes. Because this kid believes in miracles. But here he is. Miracle. <laughs> How are you, man? You good? Yeah, I'm good. Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, got got into the hotel. We've been checked in and that. Um. I'm funny enough, even though I'm, I'm I'm from the UK, I'm one of the last people here. It's fashionably late. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm here in good spirits, and yeah, I can't wait for the weekend. Mate, come on! Last time uh, we saw you doing your thing in the octagon, what a fight! Didn't go your way. It's been a long time, man. It's been a long time. It's been too long. So, what's been happening in that period of time? What have you been doing? Yeah, I've just had a couple of little complications. Obviously, after the fight, I had some surgery. Um, I had a fractured eye socket, uh, orbital floor fracture, so I needed to to get that repaired, and it took a little bit of while, uh, a little bit of time with with the, my blood vessels at the back of my eye to kind of you know I had to keep my blood pressure down, heart rate down, and stuff like that. So I had a little bit of time off, um, and it just gave me time to kind of just re- regroup everything and my thoughts and where where things went wrong in the fight. Um, and exactly where I was in, in in my personal life and stuff like that. Mm. There's not there's not a lot of things that I've, I share with, with with obviously a lot a lot of people in the public. Um, but one thing that I've kind of gathered from from the fight and the way the things went was just that everything in your personal life needs to be perfect as an athlete and as 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 a you know high level performer to be able to to conquer basically and and to to shine and. It took me a little bit of time to get things um, together, but I'm, I'm now at the time and, and at the place where everything's perfect for me right now, and I'm, I'm happy. Um, and yeah, I just I, I went into that fight with a lot of emotion, and just kind of yeah, kind of played into his hands a little bit. But up until the last twenty seconds, it was yeah, man, it, yeah, it was there. Nick, he's gone deep, mate. You're gonna have to lighten the lighten the mood. He's gone really deep on us. Hey. <laughs> I love it. I love it. When did you? Uh, so, so you are you living? Obviously, you, you you're doing your camps in the US. But have you moved out there now, Dan? Are you are you in the US full time? No, I, I'm still I'm still like obviously I'm spending a lot of time my time there. Obviously, training um, and just bit by bit getting better. Um, but no, I'm 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 very much still part of the UK and I'm coming home and. Liverpool, um, like I say, it's, it's got to be like every between six to ten weeks I spend out there, but then I'm also doing the same amount of time back in the UK. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. I, again, because the family, friends, process, and just you can't. Listen, uh, I've got some. Dan, I've, I've got. Miss it. I've, well, I, I know you do, and I've got something for you, right? Because uh, surely you have signed chocolate chip up to uh, some type of modelling contract, mate. Because I'll tell you something. <laughs> The kid's a joke. He's a joke, right? No kid should look like that. It's 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 un, it's unusual to be that good looking, mate. Um, and and this is no disrespect to you. You're a good looking boy, right? But I'll tell you yeah. something. That kid's gonna put you to shame when that kid's a little bit older, right? They got the long flowing hair, the blue eyes, everything about it. You I need know. to get it signed up. Get yeah. it signed up to Gucci. We could get a deal here, mate. We could get ten percent as well as fight disciples. We could do something. Maybe a bit of Armani or something. Get some free shades. We can get loads of free gear. Come on, manipulate. What's up with you, bro? I know. I know. To be fair, he's, he's um like I say he's always been he's been into his football since he was born. It was the first word that he said. Um, and he goes to bed with his football. He gets up. He goes to football now twice a week. He's not even two yet. Um, mm. And he makes for he makes for a perfect little 
soccer player. He got a long, the long. Did you just call it soccer? Right now, You're off the show if you've just called it soccer. He's just used you the word soccer. He's just used the word soccer. Oh Let me take that back. That's just because I've been speaking about it so much about the little man. Um, no, so yeah, he's, he's going to be a future, a future football star Good by that. a shadow of a doubt. Um, and yeah, as far as modelling, like I say, I can't, I can't even go anywhere without kind of, you know, I, I get cooing over like him. I said, yeah, and he's a, he's a girl. I get told he's a girl. Oh, your daughter's so pretty. Uh, do you know what? He is that pretty. I can't even. I can't even deny it. Just say, like, <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Matt, how are you feeling about this weekend? Back in the octagon, top of the prelims. Um, it's always nice when you're top of the prelims. There, you know what I mean, because that's the fight that they're showcasing the rest of the card. It's one. It's the one that they obviously believe in. They go put this on here because that's going to get people to come across and watch the main event, Matt. Yeah, well, it's gonna be it's gonna be one to watch, and uh, as always, it's gonna be it's gonna be one for a lot of people to kind of, uh, well, for the rest of the card to step up to step up to the plate because um, I feel fantastic this fight, and it's my birthday. It's actually my birthday on Friday. I turned thirty on Friday. Thirty? Get out, man! You're not thirty, brother. What's going on? I've had that a few times. You have got some good moisturiser. It's in the jeans. We've just been speaking about the boy. There's some good stuff knocking about in your house, isn't there? <laughs> Definitely. Get to him 23, 22. Um, but no, that it's, it's it's one of them. And I say I'm gonna be I'm gonna be cutting weight. I'm probably gonna be the smallest I've ever been. <laughs> but the, like I said, in, in peak condition and um, even physically, I, I've never been in, in in as good a place. So, uh, but by the time Sunday comes, I'm just gonna be excited and ready to welcome it. Mm. Yeah, be honest. Be, go on, right, Nick. As you say, mate. have you have you um, have you watched the Mike Perry performance back, Dan? Can you appreciate how great a fight it was, or are you still kind of ruining it a little bit? Are you still kind of upset with yourself? No, no. Do you know? Do you know what? It, it was initially. I had I had a few weeks where I was dying, and you know it happens. Yeah. You lost, and it's like it's home time. Um, and I'd be being on on home soil, and and like I say, like obviously massive attendance. The way it was, the way when I walked out and then the cheers I got when, when I left the cage just made me realise the the intensity of what we had just put on. Mate, uh, the atmosphere was unreal. It was, was crazy. Abs- when you came out for the final round, it was unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. It was crackers. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the thing. And I still, it's also something I, I, I've got to, and I did, and I have, um, took it into respect. And, and I've, like, I've really kind of, it's, it's humbling to see the, the kind of, you know, the rep, the, sorry, the response that you get yeah. from all the fans and stuff like that, and me being away, um, and then obviously the only the only kind of way that we stay in communication is social media aspects and stuff like that. To come back and then to see where everyone was screaming and just in general, again the fight, the way that it went. I have watched it back, and you know it's one of them things. It's in the past, so we have to move on. We have to move forward. It's only going to make me stronger and better as an individual, mm. an yeah. athlete, and a person, um, and a man. Um, and and again, like I say, it's only built barriers up it's also set me free because yep. you know what that was the worst of the worst that could have happened yeah um and and we've been there we've we, we've we've been in the darkness and and now from, from from there moving on forward um things have been fantastic the, the training camps have been fantastic i've been more tuned and uh, i've gone back to the drawing board as far as learning and being a student again stuff like that and yeah i feel like the progression now is just gonna it's, just, it's gonna show come something yep. like it's really gonna show how was the conversations with the USC off the back of that fight? I mean, we don't, we never spoke to anybody who who has been in your situation on an absolute tear, and then yeah. getting uh, that bump in the road. Let's just say, are they cool? Are they are they hands on? Do they speak to you a lot? How does it all work, mate? Well, 
I, I, I think we've been fine with them. Like we've obviously stayed in communication. They wanted to first and foremost make sure that my health and everything yeah. with me was was fine. And yeah, it, it was a little bit of a, a, a rough start um, for the first few months. And you know, just going back and forth to the hospital, getting things sorted. But apart from that, it was just mainly making sure that I was okay myself personally. Um, and then yeah, they give me another contract. I obviously haven't told no one to buy it, but it, I had to, that was my third fight. Yeah, um, and I had a four fight contract, so I just renewed it, renewed my contract with them after that fight. So, mate, that must give you a lot of confidence because yeah, you come off the back of a loss like that. You, like you said, you're in a dark place. You can feel you can feel quite down about it. But when they're instill, listen, mate, they're obviously seeing something in you. That must instill a lot of confidence in you. Yeah, Dan. That's, to, to be fair, I, I know my fighting style, and I know what I'm like, and um, I'll definitely say that I'm, I'm one of the one of the guys to watch, and I'm a, I'm a crowd pleaser, and I always give feed the fans what they need. Yeah, you're a nut, in other words, you're a nutcase. Yeah, go on, carry on. <laughs> yeah, well, I, over in the States, they say you're, you're Europeans are all the same. You're all the same. You're absolutely you're like, you're nuts, you're crackers. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I say, it's something that I, I feel that it, it, it gives me admiration. It gives uh, from, from all different angles and aspects. Um, and it's something that you, you can't, you know, I turn up and I'll always fight. It's a competition, yeah, yeah. but I'll always fight and I'll never stop. I'll never quit. Um, and it's something that you've either got or you haven't. And it's something that I've had installed since I was a kid. And, you know, a competitive edge is never going to go away. No matter mm-hmm. how old they get, until the day that I stop, that's that's it. Um, so, yeah, as, as, as long as the fans are happy, I'm happy. You know what I mean? Before before we ask you about Sunday, Dan, before we, we ask you about Nash, your opponent this weekend, can we just look back to last weekend? Obviously, it, it, was that tough viewing for you to watch or did you appreciate what an amazing fight Michael Johnson, obviously your teammate, was involved in with, with Justin Gaethje. What a fight that was last Friday in the tough finale. Was it tough for you to watch or, or as I say, did you enjoy it? Yeah, do, do you know what? It was, I, I know Michael. I know him as a person, as a character. I know exactly how he is. So it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily tough to watch because I've seen that guy have spars probably on, on them levels. Do you know what I mean? Some, sometimes you can come to the gym um, and pay-per-view-wise, you're going to get your money's worth. Um, yeah. And yeah, it was it was a spectacle for them two rounds. They both threw over a hundred power shots and stood in front of each other, going back and forth. One was getting wobbled than the other. Um, apart from feeling a little bit like I say, gutted for him with the outcome and the way it went. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he showed who he is as a character, and that's Michael Johnson. Um, and yeah, he, he lived up to the nickname, the menace, and he he was there till the bitter end. Um, and at the same time, again, that's that's part of the sport. It's bittersweet. And it's been finished, you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. What's going so last down time we spoke then? to you as well, sorry, last time we spoke to you, obviously it was the it was around the time of the of the Black Zillions implosion. Have you settled down now? Who are you training with? Who's gonna be in your yeah. corner at the weekend? Has everything sorted itself out in Florida? Yeah, we have. Well one of my one of my coaches is sick, so at the moment he's he's actually gonna be at home, Greg Jones. Um but we've got uh, I had my second cornerman there, uh, Kamara Usman, which you know he's he's yeah, yeah, of course. rank very quick. Um and then I've got um one of the one of the old guys I used to train with as well, Aaron Robson, is going to be there as a second cornerman. Um, everything's been fine. The training, like I say, the team, the energy that we've got over in the States in Florida, in South Florida, just yep. moving across to a new a new gym, a uh, new facility, Hard Knocks 365, which is run by Henry Hoof, Mario Sperry, okay. um, Tony Villani, and Greg Jones. So we've got all aspects of the game and area covered. It's like a 30,000, 40,000 foot, uh, it's, it's huge, absolutely, yeah. and we've got we've, we've got all, all, all the guys there plus more. It's it's 
like I say, we've just got a good energy and a good kind of vibe going on right now where it's just free-flowing. People come in, they're training, they're happy, they're doing what they need to do for themselves as individuals, as uh, as athletes. So, yeah, at, at, at this moment in time, I would say that everything's probably the best it has been. Good, good stuff. And Sunday, what's what can we expect, man? Come on, I'm going to the bookies now. Tell me what's going to go down. Second round finish from Danny Hot Chocolate. Yeah, <laughs> that's how we roll. No hesitation. That's how we roll. That's it. <laughs> Drop the mic <laughs> and go. Drop the mic and go. There we go. <laughs> hey, well, like I say, I've, I've I've never felt um in this condition. I say mentally and physically, it's been a while since I felt like this. Um, Echo Arena, Cage Warriors, yeah, uh, the days of you know um, me, Jimmy Wallhead, uh, me and Henry for Deep. And like I say, I've, I've always, I've always had that aspect of entertainment and to be able to push the fight. Now with this guy on Sunday, um, I do predict the finish. Like I say, I, I feel like I've had everything. This fight camp has really been showing against some top guys and top athletes. So I'm, 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 I'm just, I can't wait, and I'm relishing the moment to be able to get in there and just show this uh, skill set that I've got. Um, and like I say, Bobby Nash. As far as Bobby Nash goes, we we've looked at certain things game planning wise, but at the same time, anything can happen in the fight. It comes down to the individual. So mm-hmm. I've, I've been concentrating very much on myself and just where I'm at, and just always forever improving. Top man, good luck at the weekend, mate. Nick will be up there. I've no doubt I'll he'll be hanging you, out. Yeah. I'll see you Saturday or Sunday, Dan. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a shout as soon as I get up there. Me definitely. Top man, take care. Mate. Enjoy it, mate. Take care. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. And with that, wraps up our UFC show for this week. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, And if you don't subscribe, please go to our website, fightdisciples.com. We're also available on iTunes. It's all there for you. You'll never miss out on any of our content. You're definitely not going to want to miss out what we're going to bring to you on Monday as our six-part series of Mayweather versus McGregor begins. Hit the subscribe button and then you'll never miss out on any of the content. Also, on all our social medias, at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, make sure you subscribe because this clown is going up to Glasgow at the weekend with his microphone, with his camera. He'll be in the uh, fighters' hotel after the fight and all that type of stuff. So if you love your behind-the-scenes look at what's going on in the world of UFC, him will be the... I was going to say him and your boyfriend there, but I, I'm not allowed to say that anymore, am I, after, he, uh, after he's looking after us now? Yeah, he's a good lad. He's a good lad, yeah. I'm going to catch up with everybody up there, obviously, try and get a, try and get a chat with a few of the winners uh, backstage or back at the hotel afterwards. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. As I say, this is a, it's a good card in Glasgow. Don't sleep on this card. We've, 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 uh, we've spent the year building up the pay-per-views and they haven't quite paid off, but these fight night cards are the ones that go under the radar a little bit with most fans, but are usually the ones that absolutely deliver. And for me, this is a good card in Glasgow, so I'm excited. Now, as I said on the boxing show yesterday, uh, we're having a little bit of a, a relaxed week next week. There will be stuff still there for you, but our usual Wednesday and Thursday show in its normal format won't be there, but there will be some other stuff, so make sure you subscribe to get that other stuff. We will be back the week after next, previewing um, the countdown, let's just say, for John Jones's return. In oh, a word, in a word, wait. will he make the octagon walk, Nick? Will he make it? At this point now, will he make it? Yes, he will. Oof, we're Call see me it. a you won't, but he will. <laughs> Get your towels at the ready. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.